we're very lucky to have with us today Natalie Turner. And Natalie's been working for a long time in this innovation space, doing a whole range of fascinating things. She's a writer, she's a consultant, she's a coach. She tells wonderful stories about innovation, but primarily I think she's passionate about it. So Natalie, many thanks for sharing some of your time and your experience with us. Um, Perhaps the obvious place to start is your book, which has the, the dramatic title. I never know quite how to say it. Yes, you can innovate or yes, you can innovate. But basically, yes, you can innovate is the title. But it involves a fascinating model, the six eyes, and really has quite a lot of messages about innovation and the fact that it's not necessarily something for specialists. Anyone can do it. So I wonder, perhaps to start, could you tell us a little bit more about where the idea came from and, and what the core of the message is? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, John. Thanks for inviting me to, to talk with you today. Uh, very, very, obviously, yes, I am very passionate and very excited about this subject. Um, well, with the book, Really, where the idea came from initially was that, you know, we've worked with organizations over a number of years on innovation projects, um, design thinking projects, you know, helping them come up with new ideas and, and um, take them, you know, into the world in some form or another. And what I realized was that a lot of employees or a lot of individuals get asked to be innovative, you know, go and be innovative or, you know, go and be creative. And even these words, innovation and creativity, a lot of the times get mixed up. And what I wanted to do was to broaden out the concept and make it more inclusive to all types of people, regardless of whether they have innovation in their, in their role or in their title, um, and innovating in their day job. Obviously, innovation, we know, is um, a broad church, you know, it's, you know, from incremental, you know, small things, making more small improvements, right through to disruptive and radical innovation. So I wanted to broaden that concept out and help people to understand that their skills and their talents and the way that they think can be orientated towards helping to create new ideas and to bring new ideas into fruition and that they might not always be the creative one you know the one who originates maybe an idea but they may be brilliant at implementing um, and, and getting an idea out there or really good at looking at something and seeing how they can improve it so that was really the the sort of the the base philosophy was to make it inclusive to people regardless of their job, their role or what they're doing, whether they're entrepreneurs or whether they're working in organizations in the business world or not, that everybody has a role to play and everyone has different talents and different skills that if we harness these aspects of diversity, we can be far more effective at getting new ideas out into the world. That's a wonderful picture, very inspiring um, and very close to my heart. I, I think this idea that there are specialists licensed to innovate and the rest just doesn't play, um, especially if you take people out of their work context. We are natural innovators in our day-to-day -day lives. We solve problems, we get round things, we can do it. So yes, we can innovate. Um, so we've got this picture of a, of a kind of army mobilized behind the banner of innovation. That's great. Um, what are the challenges they face? I wonder if you could just talk a little about the, the barriers in your experience to innovation in organizations. 
Oh. Yeah, I think there are many. I've, and, and it's interesting, when I designed the six eyes, you know, the six eyes model, which has identify, ignite, investigate, invest, implement and improve, they are the six eyes. Um, with purpose at the center, which is all around, you know, why we're trying to innovate in the first place, what it is we're trying to create, and hopefully to make it more purposeful in terms of its impact. I have these two little triangles that link purpose mm -hmm. out to each of the eyes. And the inner one is all around processes, and the outer one is all around, sorry, the inner one's all around culture, and the outer one is all around processes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that oftentimes the obstacles, or a lot of the obstacles that organizations face, is they, they haven't got a systematic way in place to help manage idea flow through an or through, through their organization so it's left up to chance it's left up to whether or not you know a leader or somebody's come up with an idea and has enough political clout resource budget whatever may be required to make the idea work um, there isn't any very very few organizations formally manage innovation as a process as a business process or an organizational process itself and they don't stimulate it at the level of the environment or the culture. So, for example, you know, oftentimes organizations or leaders may say, well, we need more innovation in our company. And then you start to unpack that. Well, what does it look like? And they'll go, well, you know, we need more people with more ideas. So that they're really thinking about Ignite. You know, we need more Ignite culture. And, and what happens oftentimes, and I've also been the recipient of this, is you, you may hire igniters or the creatives into your organization. And then systematically, through the environment, the culture, the management systems that are in place, kill their creativity dead and they can't even get off the ground with any of their individual contribution, if you like. So I think a lot of the issues are to do with process and culture mm -hmm. as to why innovation gets stuck. Um, I don't actually think that we lack ideas. I see people coming up with ideas all the time. You know, even you know, in places where you think, oh, maybe they're not going to be as you know creative to come up with the ideas. It's it's more the fact that those ideas have nowhere to go, mm -hmm. and so they just yeah. often get lost yeah. in the ether. Yeah. <laughs> um, or you know, also an organisation might say, well, we're going to have an innovation program. And then they train those people and then it's sort of seen as flavor of the month. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we tick that box. Let's move on to productivity now or let's move on to something yeah, else. Yeah. Um, rather than really having that mindset that this is, you know, this is a way of thinking and a way of working and you need to have the systems and the processes and the organizational culture to support it. Yeah, that's lovely. I'm, I'm getting a, very much a picture of um, not just a one or two little sticking plasters or pills you take or something like that to fix this innovation thing, but actually a system-wide thing. And it's embracing a lot and needing a lot of people, hence the, uh, the, the challenge to include everyone. Um, can you think of or do you come, have experience of some organisations which are getting close to this kind of package which uh, enables them to be innovative? It's interesting. I was looking. I don't know if you've looked at it. Uh, it's actually come out this year. The Boston Consulting Group um, yeah. <clears throat> brought out their, you know, their latest sort of, you know, the most innovative companies in the world. And it's interesting that it's still quite a lot of the usual 
suspects are at the <laughs> yes. top. You know, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Apple and there's Amazon and yeah. Microsoft. And actually, I think it was about yeah six out of eight of the the top ten are actually tech companies.、Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting in itself. And six out of ten are companies from the U.S.、Um, so and the rest are actually Asian companies,、yeah. either from Japan or Korea or China. But I think you know what some of these organisations are doing is they they're tracking in in these surveys anyway that. They have a systematic investment in innovation. It's not just sort of a nice to have. Obviously,、yeah. to stay、yeah. relevant today, you've got to be constantly innovating, and you've got to be innovating in the incremental, you know, improvement area through to disruption and more radical, radical forms. And I think a lot of these these organisations, which are consistently in the top ten,、mm-hmm. you know, year after year, are managing to make this a way of working. You know, a way of thinking. It's not just, oh, shall we be innovative? Have we got time?、Yeah. You know, it's like, well, actually, it's you know, that's a completely wrong reframe. You don't innovate when you've got time. You you have to be innovating now more more than ever.、Yeah. The need、yeah. to stay relevant and ahead and be rethinking and reinventing is you know one the number one survival skill for organisations.、Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a it's a good study worth looking into because there are certain Measurements and things、mm. are more robust behind it in terms of what they're they're measuring in terms of innovativeness. But what is interesting to me is the amount of investment, the amount of input and output is higher.、Mm. You know, the output of innovativeness and the input of of enabling innovation is higher in these organisations that have made a systematic way of working. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right, and、uh, I think we can learn some lessons from those organisations that have been doing it a long time. The, the ones in those consultants' lists of、mm. the top innovating companies. When you've been there for decades, you must be doing something right. It's not、yeah. luck all the time, and so I think companies like 3M probably deserve that position because they really have paid attention for over a hundred years,、uh, and they've done a lot about the culture. But maybe I could use that to springboard into one theme I wanted to ask you about.、Uh, a big eye in the innovation space is, is inclusion, and this whole question these days is very topical about diversity. You've just run a fascinating series of webinars、uh, looking at the role of women in innovation. I wonder if you could just talk briefly about why you did that and what were the key messages coming out from what I found to be fascinating webinars.、Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I mean, one of the brands that I I run is called Women Who Lead, and、uh, we work, you know, with with female executives that are looking to innovate more in their leadership and、um, to stand、uh, in their power more and to embrace and and lead the charge, if you like, in the in 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 innovation. Not necessarily always innovation directors or innovation managers, but people who are interested in champion. Innovation. Now, if you have a look at the industry of innovation as well, they, you find there aren't actually many female women that are that are role models, or that we don't actually hear of them. And then this was actually what got me thinking about.、It. I thought there are women out there. It's、mm. just that we don't hear from them very often. <laughs> so actually, that was really what sparked the idea was to create a platform to get women、um, to share. Their thoughts, their ideas, their experiences, in order to encourage
more women to to take uh, innovation as a mantle in their in their work in their roles um, and the things that we looked at we looked at leadership we looked at culture these sort of issues that we're talking around we looked at tech um, technology and innovation management and I think some of the key themes that were coming out was really this sort of this requirement to to champion um, is is you know people have quite a eclectic career path it's mm. not like you think oh i'm going to go into something innovative you know they've come from different backgrounds which was fantastic there was so much diversity just in the backgrounds of these women and i think that you know just really focusing on um stakeholder management communication collaboration partnership I think these were some of the big themes that we were touching on uh, in terms of what, how they were finding success in their role was their ability to galvanize their own organizations and teams um, to bring in the diversity and the different ways of thinking to enable new ideas to work. And that was really strong across all the webinars that we had. And we had a huge turnout. We had over 500 people, mm. and both men and women, signing up for the webinars. And so I think it really has touched a chord. And we plan to continue them next year and get more women, more diversity, uh, more voices, uh, you know, to share their own experiences and to encourage particularly young women mm -hmm. who may not think of this as a career career trajectory for, for, for themselves um, to think, well, yes, they can do that, whether they go informally into an innovation role or whether they are just champions of innovation in whatever disciplines that they, they work within. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's, you're dead right. It's one of these things there have always been women and they're very good innovators. It's just we haven't told their stories enough. And I think those role models are there. Uh, I'm fascinated. I've just written about Brownie Wise, the, the woman who basically created one of the few success stories that's still doing OK in these troubled times, Tupperware. Uh, the, the product bears the name of the man who invented the, the technology, a great product, but it would have gone nowhere without Brownie Whites. She was brilliant at the innovations around marketing and distribution. She pretty much invented and certainly elaborated this whole social marketing model. Now, there's a powerful innovator, one we'd be really interested in today, uh, and I think there are many, many more. So, so certainly I'll, I'll, I, I'd recommend anyone to try and have a look at the, the recordings of those webinars. But Natalie, yeah, absolutely, and you can do. You can actually go onto onto my site, natalie-turner.net, and you can register, and and the recordings will be sent to you. So yeah, uh, that's wonderful, and, and we'll make sure at the end of this that there, that there are your contact details because there's a lot more on your website that uh, people need to look at. But maybe just could I sort of draw this to a close? Although it'd be lovely to carry the conversation further. Um, You've done a great deal in your own life around innovation. You've been an innovator. You're now very much engaged in trying to help other people think about and work with innovation. So if uh, I brought someone to you and said, Natalie, could you give X or Y a little bit of advice? Uh, what would, apart from buy your book, but what would that advice be? <laughs> um, I, well, I always think a good place to start is to do a bit of soul searching um, about what it is that really lights you up, you know, what it is that excites you. I think, you know, we're in a time now where so much is possible. You know, we have 
all of knowledge in you know in our pocket in a mobile phone or on the internet to be able to you know access things and do things which we could never have done in the past we have technological platforms that enable us to do different things so i think if you stand back from all of that to start with and think about what is it that i'm about you know what is it that really you know excites me or you know makes me feel like you know i want to contribute and give value or help in a particular area um, and and do a bit of soul searching around your own sort of purpose, if you like, and then from there start to think, okay, well, where are the opportunities for me to bring myself to bear, you know, in that area? It could be, uh, you know, obviously looking at your talents, your experience, your skills, um, your background, and all of those particular aspects, but then thinking about, well, where are the opportunities? Are they in business? Are they in entrepreneurship? Are they in academia? Are they in, you know, um, government? You know, everything, everything really needs innovating right yes, now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we need new and fresh thinking. So I think that start with yourself and what your passions and interests are, and then look for the opportunities in those particular areas where you think you might be able to excel. And then look, you know, dig deeper in those areas when you can narrow it down to see, well, what are the opportunities that are emerging that maybe you could apply for, whether it's a job or if it's something entrepreneurial you want to start, you know, what are the needs? You know, how can you add value? How can you serve people? How can you, solve, you know, create something to solve their, their, their problems, their challenges, or to create, to create some new proposition? So that's what, that would be my advice. Stand back, look at yourself, yeah. tap into who you are, and then look for opportunities that match it. Yeah, and that sounds very sound advice. And uh, of course, the attraction of today's context is there are many then sources of information around how you might develop the skills and capabilities you've identified that you might need. And I think it's uh, probably not a bad place to plug once again. Uh, I think your book would be an excellent place to start that skills assembly journey. But for now, Natalie, thank you so much for sharing some time and some thoughts. And I hope we can speak again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, John.